center and coming in is Bloom. Billabike centered it. from point blank range. You can't put it in the lead column. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. This is Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour. It is Wednesday, October 18th. And yes, Flames Talk getting going. It's Steinberg with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio. And welcome to the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe. Now just $1450 or explore the full line of safes at CalgaryLockandSafe.com. Look who is here with us on Flames Talk on this Wednesday. <laughs> Peter Klein making his Flames Talk debut. Hello. This is good news. Yeah, very excited to be here. I, um... I, I, I find it interesting that you're slumming it with me. Um, but last time you and I hosted a show, it featured a segment called Wildcard Wednesday. I'm yeah. assuming I'm assuming you just spun the wheel and got a host this week. It was like, oh, man, it's not Wes. It's Peter. I guess we'll deal. But um, no, really happy to be here. This is fun. Good to have you, man. Yeah, great uh, to be it's here. It's good to see you. And uh, I hope, you know what? I think Logan should bring back Wildcard Wednesday. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, later on this hour, Andrew Majapani going to join us, uh, going to tell us all about Manja's Breadsticks. It's not a joke. It's an awesome new community program that he's come up with, uh, and we'll tell you all about what he's doing uh, for the Calgary Youth Centers in Ogden. That's coming up later on this hour, a chat with Andrew Majapani. Looking forward to that. He'll join us from Buffalo, where the Flames play on Thursday. But here we are, three games into a new season. Goaltending remains one of the biggest topics surrounding this team. The Flames are 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the year. So what have we thought this season? Because only one guy has played a game. We're expecting Vladar to potentially start Thursday in Buffalo. If he doesn't start Thursday in Buffalo, he'll definitely start Friday in Columbus. They've got their first back-to-back of the season. But so far, Jacob Markstrom's the only guy who's seen the net. He is 1-1-1 one, one, and one with an 896. I don't put much stock into save percentage until we're about at the 10 game mark. That's enough to start to sort of start to see some trends. But when you can go from 920 to 892 in one game, it tells you that you need a little bit more of right. a sample size before you can buy too much into it. But Jacob Markstrom through three games, nine periods in overtime. What have we thought of Jacob's start to the season? I'm curious where Mr. Klein is. I think it's been quite good, actually. Um, I, I get what what Kron was saying in hour number one, where there have been a couple of goals where it's like, man, if you could have could have just found a way to get in the way of that one, it really would have helped things out. But I, I think that there have been more kept the team in the game saves than backbreaking saves so far from from March from this season. You look at the the Winnipeg game; it felt like he was under siege for a lot of stretches of that. And in the the back part of the game against Washington, because the first part, they only got three shots. But in the, the back part of the game, there there was a lot of, especially when the, the Flames are killing penalties, there's a yeah. lot of chances right in tight. Um, lo- looking at natural stat trick, he is tied for third in the league in most amount of high danger shots faced. Now, he's also played three games and a lot of those goalies have faced two. Uh, but it is funny that Demko is up there and he's only played two. But um, he has faced a lot of, really difficult shots so far and has come up very strong on all of them. I think that um, that there have been a couple of times where he has been the flames best player in a game. I I think he absolutely won them the game against the jets. And there were moments where he kept them in. I don't know if he 
got them a point against Washington, but he, I think he has been good. There is a confidence in his game where there wasn't one uh, a season ago. Um, and you, you could say rightfully so there wasn't a whole lot of confidence what he was doing a year ago, but he just, th this is uh, not the, the most hard hitting analysis. He just looks better this year. Right? So I, I have been really happy with what I've seen from Jacob Markstrom so far. Uh, here's head coach, Ryan Huska. He agrees. This was coach Huska after practice on Wednesday in Buffalo. He's been excellent. I mean, um, you know, it's, and we talked about this in Calgary before he's not, it's not like we were expecting him to come in and be a little iffy, like, um, he's an elite goaltender and he gives us a chance to win and that's what you want out of your guys. No different than Dan um, will be when he gets himself into the net. We believe in both of our guys and uh, we know they're more than capable of not just helping us win, but they're capable of stealing games. I think I, I think that he was one of, if, if it wasn't Manjapani, it was Markstrom on Wednesday against Winnipeg. I thought he was very strong when he needed to be against Pittsburgh and then the Penguins and the, the Flames kind of very, very politely opened the door for Pittsburgh <laughs> and, and allowed them to storm right through on Saturday and on Monday. I thought Markstrom was just fine. And, and, you know, I know there was this squeaker that tied the game from McMichael and there was the squeaker that got by him uh, in game one against, uh, against Winnipeg, the Kyle Connor goal. But, on both those instances, and again, people will call me the Markstrom apologist, and at times, I probably have been guilty of that. I don't think I am in this instance right now, but I mean, he shot through Uyghur on the, the tying goal, and Uyghur touched it, yeah. and, and so that does make a difference. You talk to any goaltender, that does make a difference. Now, we also heard Kron last hour talk about how if it squeaks through him, a goalie's always going to want it back, whether it got tipped or not. And even the Connor one was shot through a defenseman, and that's a forty goal score. Yeah, Connor's got a hell of a shot. And too. and and he knew what he was doing. He was aiming for that spot, and he was shooting through a defenseman. So I guess what I'd say is there were too many times last year when Markstrom gave up very like uncontested goals yeah. that he saw all the way and just went through them. Whereas the ones that would be quote unquote bad this year, I haven't even seen that. There aren't ones that I come away from saying. Oh my goodness, like you absolutely need to stop that. Now, that's just my opinion. Others will disagree. And I'm sure if I go over to jump text on our text line, there will be those people. And that's fine. But I think he's been one of their better players and more consistent players through yeah. three games. And I think it's been an encouraging start. There's two or three players the Flames absolutely need to be significantly better than they were last year and closer to their career norms. The Flames need Jacob Markstrom to be his career norm. Not his career best, where he had nine shootouts and was a 923 or whatever he was. They need him to be his average, which yep. is around a 912. They need him to be a 910, 912, 913 goaltender. And what I've seen from Jacob in the first three games of the year makes me believe that's a realistic target. It makes me believe he could be on track for that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, just play to the back of your hockey card and the, the Flames will be in a much better spot. And it's, uh, I think a lot of this too is happening while this team is learning a new defensive system in front of them. And in that Winnipeg game, um, if there was a defensive system, I couldn't find it. Uh, it was a, a little chicken with their head cut off in that one, and it's got for better. Sure. I, I think it, it looked quite good against uh, Washington for stretches, but there was still a bit where it was kind of all over. And he has been there most of the time 
to to get in the way and to to let this team get those things sorted as that continues to improve because I do think it will as that continues to improve as the season goes along that safe percentage is also going to improve because there isn't going to be a fire alarm in front of him three or four times a game so no he has been uh, I think so far exactly what this team has needed and if he reverts back to to last year that his team doesn't much like last year this team doesn't have much of a hope that they kind of need him to be that dude one more time um and so we'll see. Uh, he'll yeah. probably start two of the final three games on this road trip, you'd think. We'll see if Ladar goes Buffalo. I know Eric Francis in uh, in Buffalo says expect him to start. He was in the starters net uh, for practice. Now, that that is, I would say, like 75% of the time with this for over the years is an indicator as to who's starting. But usually when the backup is in the starters net for a practice, it's a pretty good indication so let's say, let's just assume that Vladar goes against Buffalo and they go back to Markstrom, Columbus, and then to wrap up against Detroit. There's We, we still need to see more, and, and he needs to do it on an extended period of time. But I, I've, been, I've been encouraged. It hasn't been incredible. It, I'm not saying that, watch out. Jay, he probably had seven shutouts by this time <laughs> in, in the 21-22 season. Yeah. But he's looking like a number one goaltender. Yes. Not necessarily an elite top three number one goaltender, but a guy that I think on this team, they just need above average to good NHL goaltending. And and that's what I've seen from him last year. It felt like there were stretches where you were going into a game down one, nothing. Cause you just, you knew a stupid one was going to go in and you don't feel like that early. Yes. Yeah. Probably the first five shots of the game for sure. Uh, You don't feel like that this time around. It's a bit more of a surprise when something does finally beat him. I am curious to see what we see from Dan Vladar because as much heat as Markstrom took last year, and, and rightfully so, you're one of the yeah. highest paid players on the team. You're one of the higher paid goalies in the NHL. Like, that's a big hit. Six times six. Like, that's a big part of your cap, especially at that position. So I understand that Markstrom took a lot of heat last year and deservedly so. Hell, he put more heat on himself than any of us did on the outside. Yeah. But it wasn't just. Markstrom, it was the position that let the team down last year because Dan Vladar's numbers were only marginally better than Markstrom's numbers. They both were sub 900 goaltenders last year. And so as Vladar gets prepared for his first start of the season, they need him to make this conversation more positive. They need him to change the narrative. And so they need him to have a good first start. That, that, That needs to be something that you come away from saying, okay, when's the next time we see Vladar because he looked really good? That, I think, is going to be really important coming out of, let's let's assume it's against Buffalo. So Thursday against the Sabres, we need to come out of there Thursday night and be saying, well, geez, I'm curious as to when they're going to Vladar again because yeah. he looked really good. Yeah, and I... I was interested going back to, to get ready for the season and seeing Vladar's numbers being basically the same as Markstrom's um, because it felt like last year he was better, right? But it's it, the burden of expectations because the, Dan Vladar was a great version of Dan Vladar. Uh, Markstrom was not a great version of Markstrom. And uh, I think for Vladar, the, the issue became when Markstrom was stumbling, they started to go to Vladar a, a little bit more. And it, it felt like the longer stretches we would get of Vladar, the, the worse it got. Um, like he, he was fine spot duty once or twice a week. Bang. This guy's great. But two or three games in a row, all of a sudden you're starting to see a few more cracks in the armor. And so that consistency for him, cause he had uh, a few games where he was 
absolutely lights out, but there was a, a few bad ones in there. He just needs to, to have that consistency, which is tough to get as a, a backup goalie. But no, like with the Pacific being as competitive as we're expecting it to be, right? Yeah. Like I'm assuming Edmonton's not going to allow eight every night. Um, Seattle, I think, looks really good. Vegas, the defending cup champions. And LA are perfect to start the year. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, LA went out and made a big move. I think Vancouver is uh, at least a little bit improved. Like this Pacific is going to be really difficult this year. You can't just have, oh, it was a backup goalie night, so we lost six to three. You need now to be competitive every night. Yep. Yeah. A couple of texts on this. Uh, Neil in the Northeast says, if Markstrom lets in a bad goal, it gets magnified. Not great for his confidence. But this year, I think he's being more controlled thus far. Bad goals happen to even the best. With that said, I think he's capable of being a Vesna candidate yearly. He has that upside, right? He does, and we've seen that. Yeah. Uh, and this says A minus for Jacob, which I think is fair. I think it's a yeah. you know B plus A minus. That's that's where I, I'm not giving him like the the full on five gold stars because <laughs> it ha- like it hasn't been that good. But he's been I think he's been encouraging to start the year, and that's impressive. And no, I don't know when Dustin Wolf is going to get his first start. Um, I don't think the Flames have as of right now. Uh, set in stone plan or anything close to it. Nope. I don't believe that they, you know, just just based on some of the things that I've I've heard, I I don't I don't think that there's a plan right now. I don't think they have a schedule set out as to when Dustin's going to get his first start. I think right now we're three games into the season. They're on a five game road trip. The Wranglers are just getting going too. They want to get Wolf into his season with the Wranglers, and they want to get this team into their season. And they'll revisit that in a few weeks and see where things are. So I don't think that is something that we're kind of imminently close to. No, but I do think at some point that's going to be part of the conversation too. Yeah, and like you're hearing Vladar trade rumors. Anytime a goalie goes down with anything, um, all of a sudden it's Vladar. Vladar getting traded. You want to trade for Vladar? Vladar, free of some cap space. Um, that that seems to come up quite a bit. So I like. Wolf, obviously phenomenal. I, I feel like he's kind of checked off the box of the American Hockey League. I don't think there's, oh, well, he needs to do X, Y, and Z in the AHL because he he did all of it last year, being as, as close to perfect as one can be as a goalie in, in a, a professional hockey league. But Vladar and, and Markstrom are the, the guys here right now. So I, I think that the, these are kind of the two they have to, to me, and obviously you're, you're closer to it than I am. It, it probably, uh, unless one of these guys get hurt or just is atrocious for a long stretch, it's probably Wolf in the American Hockey League for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And and again, I think that they will work at it, and I think they they definitely have, again, it's not a laid-out plan, but I think they have a kind of a loose plan or an idea in their head, and they're going to they're gonna kind of be loose with it and see where it goes from there. Um, my, uh, my Twitter, or my X, it's going to take a long time for me to call it that, Right, because when you say your ex, no one immediately goes to social media. It's like, oh, we're talking about personal lives, all right. Let me tell you about my ex on Tuesday. (laughs) My Uh, ex blew up. What? (laughs) And also, it just sounds stupid. It does? um, That social media platform exploded on Tuesday, which which I guess I should have seen coming. I blame Cam and Taylor, honestly, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Ex going to give it to you, all right? No. One of the greatest songs ever yes. made. Just I could listen to that song on repeat, instrumental or with DMX. It doesn't matter. So good. That scene in Deadpool when oh, <laughs> anyhow. Anyway, yeah, Cam and Taylor. Thank you. Uh, I'm just kidding, of course. 
look, Cam and Taylor do a great job as do as do all of our our producers of of putting out these these graphics and these these cards, uh, getting reaction. And so Cam showed me one on my way out on Tuesday because um, Logo and I had a really heated chat about Jonathan Huberdo. Basically, the backstory is. On Monday, following the loss to Washington, I had said some good things about Huberdo. I had said some good things about Huberdo on Saturday night in the loss to Pittsburgh. And every time I did, it was text line, four or five texts, like, you idiot, what are you talking about? Okay. And and so then we got into the conversation on Tuesday's show, and the text line was lit on fire. It was lots of people saying, oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And then lots of people who were on the complete opposite. And so... Basically, I said, I, I think that Huberdeau's been their most impactful offensive guy in all situations. He's been good at five on five, or he's been, he has not been bad at five on five. He's, you know, hasn't been dominant, but he's been fine. But when you add on the power play where he's been, I think, very, very strong, I think Huberdeau's had a good offensive start to the season and has been, if not their most impactful guy, one of their most impactful guys on offense. And so basically, that's what I said. I said, hey, through the first nine periods, I think Huberdeau's been their most impactful guy on offense. Put that out there. I put a little quote on it. said, hey, leading in high-danger scoring chances, scoring chances, and shot attempts through three games. And my mentions were just, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, people actually hate this guy. And... And I get it. It's ten and a half million dollars, and it's year one of a contract. And last year was a nightmare. I'm mm-hmm. fully aware of all of that. I'm just curious as to. I think he's been dynamic. If you're wondering where I get the numbers from, Natural Statric, who just scrubs NHL game sheets uh, at all strengths. He leads the team in slot chances or high danger chances. He leads the team in overall scoring chances. He leads the team in shot attempts. And I believe he's tied for second or third in terms of individual shots. He also has three points in three games. Yes, uh, a couple of them. One was off a post and assist off a post into an empty net. And uh, the other was a pass that ended up going in. I get it that the points haven't necessarily been highlight reel points. But he also assisted on the game winner against Winnipeg. My point is, is that I think Jonathan Huberto looks better to start the year. I think he's showing encouraging signs to start the year. And so, yeah, you can tell me all you want to put the spreadsheet down or to stop refreshing natural stat trick or to watch the games or be honest, stop lying. Like, tell me whatever you want. This is my actual belief. I think he's off to an encouraging start to the year based on how last year went. And I think that's a good thing because he's one of two or three players that absolutely needs to be significantly better than they were last year. Yeah, he to me, he has been fine. Um, he, he is leading in, in those categories. When you look at the, the rates of them, it, it, they're all still right around 50%, which is like fine. It, it's better than being below 50%, but they aren't the same kind of like dominant sort of thing that, that you would like to see. So they, he has certainly been better than he was last year. The, the problem with Huberto, and I think the fan reaction to it, is that there is always going to be comparisons to the guys who left when they came percent. in, right? Yep. And uh, I know he was traded for, for Kachuk, but he was kind of the Johnny replacement, right? And when Gaudreau was good, he kind of just took games over, right? Like he had the puck on a string. He would dangle around five guys. Kachuk kind of the same thing. He was more Nelson Muntz where he would find guys on the ice to run over while he was doing it. 90 Simpsons reference for you. But um, with Huberto, it's a, it's a bit more understated, right? Like it, things are like, oh, look at that. That was a nice pass and stuff like that. But it's not this team is under siege. 
Jonathan Huberto has this game in the palm of his hand, right? Well, you don't get that. And so I think because of the, the dynamic players they're replacing, from a fan standpoint, you're not seeing that, right? You're not seeing this guy has taken this game over. It's just, oh, wow, he thinks the game really well. That was a really smart play to put it back behind the net for Manjapan into center in front to, to Lindholm, right? Like it's, it's a couple of layers on. So yes, he has been fine. I do think that there is another level that he and Lindholm have to get to, right? Like um, the, the cap hit is large and Lindholm is looking for one very similar. Yeah. And so if, if we're going to be giving you uh, a quarter of our salary cap space or there in abouts, uh, going to need you to be more than just, oh yeah, they're fine. Um, this needs to be, again, one of the, the top lines in the NHL. I, I think because this team had some issues scoring goals last year and then the top goal scorer left, there, there is a need for offense. And while these two guys are being better than they were last year, they're still kind of just catching up to where they're supposed to be. And so I, I think there is still more for these guys to, to get to. To that point, I don't think, and I was talking to, uh, I think it was Dave. Yeah, I was talking to Dave on Twitter about this on Tuesday night. I don't think Jonathan Huberdeau will ever look like Johnny Gaudreau. No. He will never look like a guy that noticeably is taking over a game same same thing when you compare him to Matthew Kachuk. Like those guys, not only are dynamic, high end offensive players who are capable of putting up triple digit points over the course of a season, but they also do it in a very aesthetically appealing way. Like it's not not to say they're not cerebral, but there's also some flash and dash that yeah. goes along with them. Like hell, Peyton Manning was not the most exciting quarterback <laughs> to watch, but he was a cerebral quarterback. Tom Brady is not a very exciting quarterback to watch, but the guys think the game at a level that like nobody does. Right. And, and that's what Huberdeau is, especially in the offensive zone. Like Huberdeau is a guy that draws people to him and passes through <clears throat> people and doesn't do it by kicking, like putting a, a puck to the skate and kicking it back to the stick and spinning around a guy and hopping. Like Lou always used the term when talking about Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny's dancing. And, and he does, when Johnny is going, the yeah. guy looks like he is on a dance floor. That's not Huberdo. And Matthew Kachuk's ability to score between his legs and and do things with the puck and his high skill level, I don't think Huberdo is ever going to be a guy who regularly brings you out of your seat. No. But that doesn't mean he's not a high-end offensive player. Right. He just does it differently. And I guess I've seen some of those signs in the first three games yeah. that would suggest that, yeah, he's doing those things more often this year than mm -hmm. really at any point last year. No, that that is true. Like he looks more like what we are expecting. It, it is just when you have a, a season where you have a historic point drop off, it, it needs to be, I think a little bit more for, for a lot of fans. It needs to be a little bit more than, Oh, look at the brain on this guy. Um, and I, again, I do think he is playing fine. I do think that there is still another level that, that he needs to get to. I think they need to figure out who the third man is, uh, who, who is the Hulk Hogan to these two outsiders, who is the one who's going to, to take this group from fine tag team to one of the, the better lines in the league, which they do have the potential to, to be. I think they have it with Manjapani, but that's also going to take time. Mm -hmm. It's just much like the, the Markstrom conversation, they used up basically all benefit of the doubt last year when you drop off 65 or 60 points or whatever. Which is why I think the reaction has been yes, so exactly. visceral yeah. at times when you go and praise him. I, I think it's, and I look at, disagree with me, yell at me on Twitter or right. on the text line. I don't care. Like, I, I love it. Like, it's good conversation. I'm not offended by it. I'm not, I'm not like, 
I love it. I was happy to have the conversation. I was happy to see that there was engagement. Like conversations like that are good. So keep bringing it. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. love it. I really, really do. And if you disagree with me vehemently, come at me and tell me why. I mean, yeah. You don't have to be mean, but you like like come. I'm I, I'm still still a person, <laughs> but but like I I'm all for the conversation yeah. and the disagreement and and it being heated. But I I would see an encouraging sign. I, I have seen those signs too. I would like to see at least a couple of those shifts where it's like, oh man, this team like a couple of chances like per shift. You know, like one of those ones where Jim Houston would be they're under siege and stuff like that. That the new hockey game would have the. Uh, whatever it is, full pressure or whatever that stupid feature is. Uh, just We haven't had one of those like, man, they've spent the entire shift in the offensive zone and they are killing these dudes. There hasn't even been that. It's just been, oh, that was a nice pass and a chance. Oh, yeah. that was a nice pass and a chance. It just needs to be a full shift of that, I think, you know? It's uh, Klein and Steinberg this hour on Flames Talk. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. And super happy to go inside hockey on this Wednesday uh, by saying hello to Flames forward Andrew Mangiapane. And now we had Manjon just before the start of the season. And a few weeks into the season, we find out about Manja's Breadsticks. And you say to yourself, well, what's that? Well, it is a brand new program in the city of Calgary created by Andrew and his fiancée, Claudia, and supported by the Flames Foundation and the Calgary Italian Open Society. The program is going to support the youth centers of Calgary in Ogden and will provide youth at the center the opportunity to learn and benefit from the basics of hockey. The program will go Mondays and Wednesdays from October through March for two hours after school. It starts one week from today uh, on October 25th. Andrew's going to be there at 3.30. He's going to be a part of it all throughout. It's a uh, it's a really, really cool initiative announced by the Flames and Andrew Mangiapane. Of course, it's called Manja's Breadsticks. And uh, as we say hello to Andrew right now, appreciate the time, Manj. Good to catch up with you as always and appreciate you doing this on the road. But I... I got to ask, like, this is your, now you've got your name behind something. It's your first big time charitable program. I'm just curious how uh, exciting this is for you. Yeah, this is uh, really exciting, right? Um, I've been wanting to kind of, you know, get involved in the community for a while now. And I figured, you know, what better way than to kind of give back to the, you know, kids that are kind of less fortunate to kind of learn the sport of hockey, right? So, um, hockey's kind of been a big part, obviously, in my life. So, uh, to me, to kind of give back and uh, to some less fortunate kids, it's just it's awesome for me. So, how? Because I I know having talked to other players, even current teammates right now that have had their own programs and put their name behind things. There's a lot that goes into this. So, so tell us about the process. How did you come to? Who did you work with? Who do you talk to to come to a final conclusion on how you want this to look? Yeah, I think it was uh, a lot to do with uh, my, my fiance Claudia, um, obviously myself, and then uh, a lot of those kind of the Flames Foundations kind of 
um, and talking with them, right? Um, Candice is over there, and Amanda and all of them. So there's a there's a few people that kind of relay it, but it was uh, it was pretty easy. And uh, once we kind of got the ball rolling, I think uh, you know a lot of people in the community wanted to help out and uh, and to reach out and just to kind of give back, right? So it's a it's a great kind of I guess program that that's starting. I think it starts uh, October the 25th. Is kind of the grand opening. So. Yep. I'm just grateful for the Flames uh, Foundation and uh, the youth youth center of uh, I think it's Calgary for you know um, helping out and kind of getting involved with that. Your uh, you mentioned your fiance Claudia. How how important is she in all of this? Yeah, she's uh, really important. I, I feel right. Uh, I feel like sometimes my schedule kind of uh, you know gets a little busy here, kind of maybe on the road or if I have a game or something like that. And uh, then, you know, if the Flames Foundation or Candice or someone like that want to reach out, they always reach out to kind of Claudia as well to you know get there uh, or get her input, whatever. If I'm busy or something like that, so. She's been awesome. Uh, she's been kind of the backbone of this, so I'm happy that I guess uh, she's involved in helping out as well. So you are partnering with uh, youth centers of Calgary and Ogden. That's kind of the group that that you'll be working with. That's who you're going to be out with on October 25th, and and that's where the proceeds are going to go to. And and when you read the release, there's a, a lot made about how it, it kind of uh, resonates with you. And and you've talked a lot about your underdog story and and the chip on the shoulder that you had. What why why, why is giving kids an opportunity to play hockey who maybe wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise so important to you? Because um, I, I honestly, when uh, we were thinking about it and they started talking about kind of my underdog story, I was like, yeah, you know what, that's that's a great kind of way to kind of look at it because um, obviously uh, these um, kids that are kind of less fortunate are kind of already kind of the underdog, right? So um, I kind of felt like I was the underdog in hockey and um, how hockey was a big part of my life and kind of helped me out. And, the, you know, that, you know, Barry Colts organization and all them there, they believed in me and gave me an opportunity as an underdog. Right. So I'm kind of looking at it as, you know, I'm giving like these kids a, a chance to, you know, play hockey and to get involved in the sport and just an underdog sport. And I'm giving them kind of like a, a chance to kind of reach out there. Right. So, it's uh it's really kind of kind of important and I'm happy that it's kind of getting done and you know it's just it's awesome that it's all kind of coming together now. When uh, when you have your name officially on something because your your group you are always out in the community and and the Flames do such a great job with their players of of making guys accessible but now your name's actually on something how much more invested do you get then? Yeah, I, you're really invested, right? So hopefully this kind of goes uh, well. I'm, I'm sure it will. And just kind of just wanted to thank kind of everyone for kind of getting behind me and kind of trusting in me and kind of believing in, the, I guess, this this program, right? So it's a kind of great way to kind of give back. And, uh, again, like I said, I'm just happy to get it kind of going on the 25th there and just to see kids and, you know, hopefully make them happy and, you know, smiling around there, maybe they could teach me a few things. The uh, the what, well, and I know that you know the Flames and the Flames Foundation. There's there's always such a. It's almost I don't want to say an expectation, but you join the Flames organization, and there's always yeah. just this feel that hey, we we give back, and and yeah. guys are always in the community. That's that's basically been instilled in you from day one with the Flames. Hey, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so, right? Um, ever since uh, I, I'd say I went to a couple back on things and seen a couple of Geos things and you know, Broads was doing something. And as soon as I got here, you saw that um, how big it was and, and how big the kind of 
all the Flames players are kind of in the community. So I'm happy that it's kind of my turn now and my turn to kind of give back. And, um, yeah, I see how big, um, you know, the Calgary market is and how they kind of give back to the community. So it's, it's awesome to kind of be a part of this now. And, um, yeah, you know, the Flames kind of help out and, and uh, back you up and, and these type of things. But, yeah, it's, it's great that it's kind of all come together. We're chatting with Flames forward Andrew Mangiapane. He's launched Manja's Breadsticks with the Flames Foundation, Youth Centers of Calgary and Ogden, and the Calgary Italian Open Society. And you've been working with the, the Calgary Italian Open Society for a little while. You're at the golf tournament this summer. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's also a, a pretty important connection for you, isn't it? Yeah, that was a, a kind of my first time kind of going to that golf tournament uh, in the summer, but that was a great tournament and, you know, it helps out a, a lot of people, right? So obviously because of uh, my Italian kind of background, they were wanting me to kind of go out for a while now. So I think uh, me going out this summer, it was great people there and, you know, it was a lot of fun. So it was another way to kind of give back, uh, you know, to Calgary. And I know Calgary's, uh, you know, the, has done so much for me in, in my career and my, in my life, so... Uh, it's just an easy way to kind of give back and just kind of having a great day there with the whole, I guess, the Italian kind of open there that they had. So you decided to go with uh, Manja's breadsticks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there were so what other what other names were you thinking of before you decided on this one? Yeah, they had uh, maybe uh, Manja's breadcrumbs. Uh, forget the other ones. There's there's a couple just kind of play on uh, Manja's loaf, Manja's loaf, things like that, right? So it's. Uh, it's uh, we decided to nail it down on the on the breadsticks there, right? And um, I'm happy. I'm happy with that name. When, when uh, so at, at what point did you decide to fully lean into the bread thing? Like, because people have been yeah. on the outside loving it for for years now. When did you just decide to go? You know what? I'm I'm going to go all in on this thing. Yeah, I think um, honestly, at a young age, everyone you know okay. used to call me the bread guy and this, that, and the rest. So it's kind of been with me for my my whole life. So. Um, I'm kind of used to it. I, I find it funny, and it's, it's always a good kind of opening piece when I tell people that, yeah, my last <laughs> name kind of means deep bread, so it's an easy way to get the conversation going. So it's a, it's a funny last name, but, you know, it, it works for everybody. Did you did you see, it was, uh, I think it was three years ago, four years ago, did you see the when somebody, no, it was only two years ago, it was 2021. Yeah. Do you remember somebody throwing a loaf of bread on the ice? Yeah, that was pretty funny. I was laughing. I think I started that game too, and I saw a loaf of bread come flying, flying in. So I was kind of, kind of shocked there, and I was laughing there, and after the anthem and all that, right? So it's pretty funny, and I'm happy that's kind of, you know, Flames fan kind of get a good kick out of it. And the, that was that was a good that was a good funny moment there for sure. <laughs> uh, just a couple of quick ones, hockey wise. How you you you're too into the road trip. You've got Buffalo on Thursday. I know the results haven't been exactly where you want, but how would you uh, how would you look at the road trip so far through two games and the overall start of the season? It's been good, right? Um, obviously, results like you said haven't been there, but I felt like the last kind of couple of games um, on the road here we've been kind of trending in the right direction, and that's uh, great to see. Um, obviously it's a little tough to kind of almost start your season off on the road and all that, but we got to make the most out of it here and just kind of be good, be good road teams. Right. So it's, uh, it's been good. And the uh, guys are kind of coming together and we're going out to dinners and things like that. So it's been, um, it's been a good kind of road trip so far. Now we just got to string along some wins and, uh, you know, keep progressing in the right areas. How have you, uh, how have you felt you got moved to that line with Huberdo and Lindholm in the third period of the home opener, and now you've been there uh, throughout the, this road trip so far? How have you felt? you feeling there's uh, a little chemistry building there? 
Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I think there's still obviously room for us to grow, but um, playing with those two guys, they're both smart, really skilled hockey players. So uh, for me, I'm just trying to kind of play my game, be a, you know, tenacious on the puck kind of forward and, you know, get open for them because they'll, they'll be able to find you and make plays like that. So um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of keep playing with them and hopefully we could still kind of continue our chemistry and keep building off uh, what we've done here early on. Well, I know the focus right now is Buffalo on Thursday night, but you're a week out from the official launch of Manage's Breadsticks. That's awesome. Congratulations on the new program, Manage. It's really cool and awesome to see you giving back like that. Thanks for uh, talking a little bit with us today about it. That's awesome. Really appreciate it, hey? Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. There you go. Andrew Mangiapane. It's called Manja's Breadsticks. It's a a brand new community initiative. It is uh, starting officially one week from today. Uh, So here's the deal. He and his fiancée, Claudia, have they're, they're funding this all themselves. That is number one. The, they are funding this all by themselves, and then they're getting matching from the Flames Foundation and the Calgary Italian Open Society. So this is uh, this is uh, being funded by Mangiapane and his uh, his fiance Claudia. Uh, they're giving back to less fortunate youth in the city and giving them the opportunity to play hockey. They're doing it out of the uh, Calgary Youth Centers in Ogden, uh, Youth Centers of Calgary, rather, in Ogden. And I think it's really cool. Uh, and and I, always, I always think it's cool when a guy puts his name behind something mm-hmm. that means something. I remember Mark Giordano's uh, Team Giordano, that, like, that meant something to him. It's like, your name's on it. Michael Backlund has put his name behind things. And, and over the years, guys have done the same thing. It means something to them. And so uh, it's cool to see. Good for Mange. Uh, more information over at the Flames website. Um, and it starts officially with uh, him being out there on uh, October 25th, which is uh, one week from today. Andrew Mangiapane joined us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Hello, fans. Calgary Co-op has refreshed its membership just for you. Now you can shop, save, and win with the new Calgary Co-op app. Download on the Apple Store and Google Play Store. And I uh, do enjoy that he has fully leaned in to the bread stuff. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I was so happy to see that one, to, to see what it was called. It's like, I'm, I'm glad he's in on it. And I think uh, Manja's breadcrumbs would have been fine. Yeah. Manja's breadsticks, perfect. perfect. It works perfectly with the breadstick emoji. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, good on him. That's another really cool thing the Flames Foundation are doing. Good for Manja. And uh, we'll see. I've quite liked what I've seen for the most part. I'm keeping them with Huberdeau and Lindholm for the time being. Yes. I think that's been okay. So we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that continues to evolve as He's well. He's just kind of the perfect fit of what that line is supposed to be, right? Like, go retrieve the puck, let the like the fancy pants passer do the fancy passing things. Lindholm has a great shot, and Manja is very good at putting the puck in the net as well. Like, it, it just it feels like those three should work. So you know, just work and give it some time to work. Yes, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So far, it's. Seven periods, so keep on letting it work, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Uh, that'll start to wrap us up this hour on Flames Talk. Peter Klein's on Twitter at Primetime Klein, and then Cam Taylor, our outstanding producers, as always. This hour has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Save $450 on the Braun EV5922 gun safe, now just $1450, or explore the full line of safes at calgarylockandsafe.com.